And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's going on? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. I'm here talking about your on the precipice of qualifying for the playoffs, Toronto Blue Jays victims of Aaron Judge's 160th home run. A lot of things. The Blue Jays are a lot of things right now. We have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to get right into it. And as you mentioned, as mentioned before, this is The Athletic Show. Go to theathletic.com slash spin rate. Subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to the show. We do twice a week. We had Caitlin McGrath back this week. And here we are later in the week back as we have been all season long with former Blue Jays all-star Ricky Romero, who joins us in beautiful downtown the beach. Ricky, how are you? Doing good, man pretty fired up about today's show jays have a potential they can clinch today on a day off so a lot of things happening a couple of really interesting things about that i saw in the post game comments there was a question that was asked like are the do you are you gonna get all the guys together and like watch the game and i was really interested to see that the first thing one of the things john schneider said was we always want to be really protective of time off like to like schedule team stuff on like these precious days off the last one of the year before like a real grind I don't know. I think that's a really important thing that's it's going to get glossed over. And everyone loves the idea of like getting a bunch of images on social media that when they're all sitting around in the clubhouse or wherever they are at the steakhouse watching the game, whatever. But like respect the guy's time and let them get the time away as, as they need it. I think that's really important. I don't know. You you know, you you can tell, tell us about the value of a day off, especially this late in the season. Schneider just gets it. And it's true. You got to respect if, if they want to watch the game. Cool. If they don't, that's cool too, man. I mean, some guys are probably like, you know what? This is family time. I got my kids here. I want to go maybe to the aquarium. I want to go to a park. I want to take out my wife to dinner. I don't want anything to do with baseball. This is their time off. And, and you, you do have to respect that. So I appreciate Schneider saying that. And, and it's true, man. I mean, sometimes some guys are going to be locked in on the game. Maybe some guys get in the clubhouse to get because I don't think they're going to pop champagne or anything like that if the Orioles lose and I think they want that to be a whole team thing. If everyone's there, then it'd probably be different, you know, but I feel like some guys are probably going to be doing their thing. And at the end of the day, I feel like there's something about being in full uniform, the media being there and all that stuff and popping champagne. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I can't see. I mean, maybe some guys do get together and kind of watch the game and go from there. And obviously it's 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 a fun time to to be a toronto blue jay right now and to be a fan i mean they, they're they gonna have a chance to go to the playoffs and possibly make a run at this thing and obviously the yankees clinched there and all that stuff and we wanted to see the toronto blue jays win the al east it didn't happen but hey at the end of the day once once you punch your ticket you have a chance and that's all that matters if they do clinch while not being on the field 
it'll maybe give them a little bit of that extra kind of, well, let's have our celebration when we clinch the home field, when we clinch that top spot, the wild card. Let's, let's lock that down. That's something that we can control. That's something that we can do on the field together as a team, like you said. And then when we're all there and we've all you know, won that game and, we're, and you're in uniform, that's the time to celebrate. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a tool that like a guy like John Schneider can use to kind of, let's do this. Let's, have, let's celebrate then. Let's pop champagne. Let's have a good time and, 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 and appreciate what we've done through a year with lots of ups and downs because you know they're a good team but they didn't win the division like you said which maybe they thought they were going to but still a lot of work to do and they've they should be proud of what they've achieved yeah i mean the only thing that that's going on right now with them is that they they took a little they're gonna take their path to to a world series title is a little bit longer you know i mean obviously they got to play that wild card game and and stuff like that so at the end of the day again you still got to go out there and play baseball and win ball games and if you don't do that then there's no chance at the world series title so they, they they still did their job we had high expectations for them they had high expectations for themselves but it's okay they're still gonna have a playoff berth now it's up to them to see where they take it from there and they're gonna be a tough opponent some people we talked caitlin and i talked about that i i, I like the jays chances against a lot of the, the almost all the teams in the american league uh you know they they match up well they're a tough team to play somebody was on me about well, well, they've lost the season series to all those teams. So how could you say they should be the favorite? I'm like, because they're an obviously better team. Sure, they lost the season se- the series. You know, if, if they played two series against Seattle and they and they lost, they won, they lost four or six or whatever. Like, sure, but like, does that mean the Blue Jays are a worse team in Seattle when we sit here today? The team that's going to be in the playoffs playing those games, I don't think they are. Seattle is in a bad way right now. Uh, you know, I made the point about the Yankees as well. The Blue Jays dropped two of three to the Yankees. Things didn't really go their way, um, other than the Monday night game uh this this year but like i still think i like the blue jays chances against the yankees if if you if if you know when if if they can avoid the mental mistakes which we'll get into not the mental mistakes i don't believe that i don't believe that for a second but because that's what i wanted to talk about here is my word of the day for you and i to talk about and it is eyewash if if you're listening to this i'll ask ricky to explain what is eyewash eyewash is trying to do something in front of somebody so that you like try and, and impress them when you're really not that's not you pretty much like oh yeah i'm trying to do this i'm trying to do extra work so that my boss can see that i'm working super hard when i really don't mean it you know type thing and i really think about it in a baseball context in the term of like fake hustle because that's something that's come up a lot recently uh, this week with the Blue Jays. Blue Jays had a had a rough inning on Tuesday where Vlad uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a ball hard to left field. Maybe thought it was going to go out. It didn't go out. Hit hard off the left field wall as Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s batted balls tend to do. And having not chugged hard and digging around first or digging up right out of the box, uh, Vlad was thrown out of second base. You know, nice play in the outfield by the Yankees. But it has ignited a very spirited debate about hustle and and attitude and all these sorts of things and you know john schneider was 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 pretty blunt in his comments post game and saying like yeah i'll talk to him about that which he did but look part of the debate was like he doesn't run down the line hard he'll hit a ground ball to the third base and hit a ground ball to the second baseman he doesn't run hard out of the line which is a, a criticism that's as old as the hills and is often one that has a very very you know devious kind of racial undertone which was a lot of folks will, 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 will be familiar with but the other piece of that is like there's so much fake hustle where guys are doing it for the wrong reasons they're not quote unquote playing the game the right way they're doing something for the sake of doing it they're doing it for the appearance of doing it and i think that 
when you got a player like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who plays 162 games a year or thereabouts, the expectation that he goes and kills himself busting it down the line on a play that he knows he's going to get thrown out on, everybody knows he's going to get thrown out on, it's a misguided attempt to like graft your own expectations on a guy who is a professional, who knows his role, who knows the game and knows what his body needs. And it's an old debate and it's a really tiresome one. And I, I just can't believe that we're here having it again in 2022. <laughs> I agree with you, man. I mean, I obviously, I'm sure some some of our listeners saw my tweets about it. And it's like people are so quick to just hammer this guy out. I called him a kid. Everyone took it the wrong way because he's not a kid. I know that. I just used it as a figure of speech. Just like, I, you know, what are we going to do is sit here and just bury the kid for doing something? I know he's not a kid. I know he's an adult playing a game. I know that. But to sit here and just every time he does something wrong, it's like, come on, man. And, and, and then everyone's argument is like, well, it happens too much. It's happened too much during the season. He doesn't run balls out. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And you mentioned it. He's a guy that plays every single game. Those guys know when to turn it on. If there's a ball in the hole, obviously he's going to bust it down the line. But if it's a 4-3 play, if it's a ground ball to the second baseman, he's not going to have a hard 90. And I and I, I feel like people have a problem with that. They're like, oh, yeah, you, you got to hustle it out. You, hu- you hustle this out. You hustle that out. It's like that's literally type of stuff. You know, that's that's stuff that 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 you you teach it in, in Little League. You want your kids to be running in and out and, and doing this and doing that. Shoot, our producer, Brian Smith, great point. Bonds, he hardly ever ran down the line. You know, like there's guys that just don't do it. There's just guys that they know when to turn on the jets and they know when it's like, shoot, like <laughs> I'm out. And and for people to just come out and just say, oh, you got he gets paid lots of money. Quit it with that shit. These guys wants to want to win, and there's nobody that felt worse than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. after he made that out. And embarrassed, obviously. And it's a lesson, and you mentioned John Schneider. He came out and called him out. We as fans have always wanted our managers to hold the players accountable. So the one time he's holding his player accountable, it's not good enough. Now people are saying, why did he wait so long deep into the season with seven games left? I'm like, oh my God, like, when do we win? When, when does, like... John Schneider hasn't been the manager all year. He's, he, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he waited for the perfect opportunity to to let Vladdy know and to let the whole world know, say like, hey, that's unacceptable. And I love what he said. We're at a point where every little thing matters. Every 90 feet matters. And it should matter every day of the season. You think the guys in that clubhouse didn't take that and put it in their brain? They're like, you know what? He's right. We're under a microscope now because we're going to enter the playoffs. If this team was under 500 and they weren't going to make the playoffs, nobody would give a shit. But obviously now everything's under microscope. And Schneider's right. Like we, we need guys committed to playing the game the right way. And, and what I mean by that is there's going to come situations where that stuff shouldn't happen. It's like if I hit a line drive, I got to make sure that it's, it's a home run. It's a no doubter. And, and if I'm going to bust it down the line, I got I to gotta make sure I'm going to get to second base and not get thrown out. So... It's just a lot of people in my some people understood, but a lot of people in my comments had a hard time grasping the the fact that that Vladdy doesn't do this, doesn't do that. But I'm like, what about the 50 other things that he does great? Like he's a guy that can be 0 for 3 through and we've seen it. He can be 0 for 3 and the guy's playing the shit out of defense. His defense has not lacked all season. Like he, he's been on it. He's he's I mean, for a guy that was a third baseman that got moved to first base. Nobody expected this quick tra- this transition to happen this quick for him to where he's might has a chance to probably win a gold glove. 
So let's look at it from that perspective. Like if stuff is not going well on offense, his defense is not lacking because there's some guys that play uh, that that have bad days on offense and they take it to defense and it shows. With Vladdy, I feel like he's a guy that's very high energy and and people are like, this this is a good one. You'll laugh at this one. They're like the fact that he yelled, "This is my house." People took it and run. He's like, if this is going to be his house, he's got to go out there and hustle. And it's like, come on. like <laughs> <laughs> That's so tired. It's so tired. Like, we've been having this debate, right? We've, this has been going on forever. And it is. Like, it's number one. It always seems like it's guys like Vladdy that get, that, that get who look like Vladdy, who get this accusation lobbed at them. You know, and, and it's, it, we don't, maybe we don't notice or that same attention isn't given when it's players who look maybe a little bit more like Matt Chapman, for example. I think the thing with Vlad is if he made a, a lapse in that moment and he didn't go as hard as he could, number one, that happens often, right? This in, in 2022, people are staring at their ball, staring at their, their, their balls off the bat here in this season in particular, where the ball's maybe not flying quite so far. It's late in the year. It's a little bit cold. We saw that with Teoscar Hernandez the other day. But what happened with Teoscar Hernandez is what happens 99% of the time anyway, where the guy gives it a nice long look and he's ready to flip the bat. And then he sort of realizes that it might get caught. And then he still cruises into second base or he's into second base with a slide. No harm done. And on that same play, what I would like to say about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a hyper-aggressive base runner. I don't see how you could be mad at Vlad for running the bases like a maniac, which people are often because he does run the bases like a maniac. God bless him. But he's also super heads up. He makes a lot of really good decisions on the bases. He gets thrown out because he's hyper-aggressive, because sometimes he tries to take an extra base when maybe, you know, discretion being the better part of valor, he'd be, be better hanging back, not trying to stretch it into a double. But he's made five outs on the bases this year, including the one that he made there on Tuesday night, which is not a bad total. You know, Fangraphs measures uh, base running. And th- this was a number I saw kicking around. Though They were saying the Blue Jays are undisciplined because they have, in terms of their base running runs, which includes stolen base runs when you weight the stolen bases successful versus not successful when you weight the extra bases taken and things like that as well as you know outs on the bases the blue jays are towards the bottom of the league they're they've been worth minus 10 runs this year on the bases which is like okay and so people want in the aftermath of this thing with vlad and then the thing with Bo as well they're like the blue jays are bad they're undisciplined they're not serious they're not hustling if i asked you who do you think by this metric is the least valuable Blue Jays base runner. Ooh. <laughs> I have no idea. It's Alejandro Kirk. Wow. Kirk doesn't get thrown out. Kirk doesn't get thrown out ever because he doesn't ever try. But he also goes first to third less than anybody almost in baseball. He scores from second on singles less than anybody in baseball. Scores from first on a double less than almost anybody in baseball. And he hits into you know more than his share of double plays which can detract, you know, because guys who are fast beat them out. That, there's value in that. You see that with, with Bo and, and George Springer, who's really good about getting down the line and, and digging, and same with the Teoscar Hernandez. So it's not necessarily that they're wild and undisciplined and making bad decisions. The team as a whole has a lot of good base runners. They haven't been very successful stealing this year. Maybe next year when they make the bases bigger, they'll be better off. But I guess my bigger point is it's a more, there's a more layers to that conversation than Vlad didn't hustle, he's bad, right? And I would say if you watch him play and you watch how heads up he is on the bases and you watch all the different times he's, he's created stuff out of nothing, how he's run really, run hard, scored, you know, big runs by being aggressive, by really anticipating out there, 
it's easy to forget those things. It's easy to gloss over that. When he makes an exceptional play or makes a play that a lot of guys on his team and others aren't making, we don't we take that for granted. But when he does have a momentary lapse or makes a mistake that was a poorly timed mistake in that given the situation in the game, even though they were down 5-1, it is magnified. And it's a shame because then it changes the conversation. And now we're going through all this garbage about him not hustling and being lazy or whatever else. So there's more to that conversation than just this one moment in time. Of course. And also to some of our listeners who are thinking like, well, like, why is this brought up so late in the season? It's never too late. It's never too late to remind your players like, hey, like shit's real now. Like we we, we got to do things. We got to do the little things the right way. We got to go out there and, 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 and minimize those mistakes because obviously in the playoffs, it gets blown bigger and it's and it's a bigger deal so for me it's like whether it's two weeks a week five days three days left in the season it's never too late to remind your players about certain situations and what they need to do so again kudos to to john schneider and and i don't have a problem with with him getting called out and and people are like how is he going to take it i guarantee you vladdy took it really really well because again they have a relationship they they, I i feel like john schneider is one of those few guys that can press those buttons and say hey Let's go. Like here, let's go. That like that shit's not gonna fly here. You know, we got we we need more out of you. You're you're one of the staples in this in this franchise. You're the face of the franchise. Like we can't have that. And and I guarantee you, Vladdy did not go in the clubhouse and, and cried about it. No, I think he understood and was like, Okay, like I, I gotta clean it up. So to me it's just never too late. It's never too late to be able to remind your players of certain situations and certain things that they need to do better. To me, it's, a, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation that we can kind of move into as we think about the Blue Jays in the playoffs and, and what it takes to be a winning playoff team. Because as we mentioned before, the Blue Jays have a, are, are a below average base running team. And part of that's because they haven't been very successful stealing bases this year. Part of that is, is guys like Lourdes Gurriel, um, who gets thrown out on the bases all the time, <laughs> like a crazy person, as well as, you know, having a player like Kirk who is on base all the time, but is conservative to the point that it is being a detriment. Having that conversation about, is it about be sure? Is it about, you know, don't hesitate? Because the Blue Jays aren't like the Rays, right? So by that same token, if you look at some of the worst base runners in baseball by, the, by the, some of these measures, you see Randy Rosarena, who is a maniac, right? He And like, it seems like it's something that they've, freedom to do like go hard take every extra base you can because the Rays aren't really a good offensive team but at the same time when we saw John Schneider take over the Blue Jays there was a lot more of that especially because they weren't really scoring a lot of runs then it's really hard to say like what do you think is that fine line for the Blue Jays I don't think we're going to see them doing hit, hitting and running in the playoffs you know what I think at the end of the day it's instincts Drew letting a player and and be like be you you know I don't want I don't want to be the the guy playing PlayStation remote controlling you like around the bases or anything like that. You're smart. You're in the big leagues. You know how to run the bases. You know when to take that extra base. You get. You know the outfielders. You know coming in their scouting report. Who has a good arm? Who doesn't? Who can I run on? Who can I take an extra base on? I've seen it. Not that I was part of those meetings, but I've seen guys talk about it like, okay, I can take an extra base on so-and-so. So I think it's more letting the guys instinctively make that decision like use your instincts go be a go be a baseball player you you understand the game if you hit a double down the line you know you can take the extra base now if it's a a single down the line and you think you can take an extra base now that's just dumb baseball because the outfielder is right in front of the baseball but i think it's more just letting guys use their instincts 
without making the mistake of like, I'm going to do something dumb. No, don't put yourself in those situations. And I, I, I feel like John Schneider has that with this team where it's like, go use your instincts and, and you guys are here for a reason. I mean, if you're in the big leagues and, and you know you can take an extra base on certain situations, then go ahead and do it. I think that's what it comes down to. It's not really trying to hold anybody back. Like Alejandro Kirk is really going to think about, like you said, taking an extra base because is he going to get there or is he not going to get there type thing. Whereas Vladdy, yeah, he's he's a little bit of a wild horse. He can he'll, he'll take off if he needs to. And and again, it, I think it's guys being uh, being smart and and using their in, their baseball instincts to to be able to take those extra bases. And it's situational baseball. I think is the big thing too. Where if you're down five one, and and that, which is the situation where where Vlad where he got caught, where it's like your out is important. You know, you you getting safely to first or second is valuable because the club needs base runners and you need to get some runs. And, you know, with Josh Donaldson being in town over the weekend, I think back to like that, to the, the what do we call the, Donald, the Donaldson dash, right? Where it's like he took an aggressive, made an aggressive play, but was playing heads up uh, in the wild card game or in the, in, in game three against, uh, against Texas. And he, and he scored the winning run by being aware of the value of his run. Like if I score here, the game's over and that we move on and made a really good and, and, and calculated risk, which I, you know, I, I joke about, about Vladdy being, you know, you said the word wild horse. He, he's aggressive, but I don't think I would ever classify what anything that Vlad does as reckless. He's not a reckless. No, he's runner. not. He's not. I don't, I don't think anybody, you know, a Rosarena and, and trust me, coming from me, this is like a compliment. He's reckless. Like he runs like a crazy person <laughs> and he gets thrown out all the time <laughs> but that's their brand of baseball they have to play on the edge like that because they're not playing for the beginning in the same way that the blue jays are they don't have that three-run home run waiting in the wings all the time so i think that in that team if they say to him like you you follow up that conversation with you know push it get the extra base whenever you can that this is our brand of baseball i think the blue jays can play aggressive smart hard-nosed quality baseball but with the right guys and having, you know, the empowering each guy to be who they are, right? Like you are a smart heads up guy. Let's, you know, go and go and do it and be who you are. And I, 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 your, your PlayStation controller analogy is a great one. I think it's, it's not, it's not, that's, you know, while the people who are in your mentions being like, they got to bench him and they got to kill him and stuff <laughs> like that. Like it's not the way the game works. And if you suddenly like, you know, pretend like you've got Vlad on a leash and you're going to tell him exactly where to do and what to go, that's going to be way more detrimental than having a frank conversation with a, with a, another professional and saying thing, because there's nothing John Schneider said in public that wasn't true. He didn't kill him. He didn't say, and I'm, and he's an idiot for it. Or he, he, he just, he was honest. And, and I think there's a lot of value in that. And, and I think to, to your point that that Vlad's going to learn from that and be like, you know, this is real now. This is real now. And it's important to make those good decisions. And I think John Schneider picked the right situation too. And it couldn't happen at a better spot because again, everything is under a microscope now. Everything is, everyone's watching him, everyone or watching this team. And we have to make sure that, Hey, these mistakes don't happen. So he brought it at the, he brought it up at the right time. People would be so mad, Drew, if 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 Sean, John Schneider didn't say anything. And the, the first thing people say, oh, well, he should have benched them. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I mean, you could send that message, but you're in the again. Vladdy understood. I think I think he was embarrassed by that play and 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 the whole like, oh, well, he's he's still out there like you know giggling and chit chatting with the other team. It's like, oh my god, like just drop it with this. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man and the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I was watching the game last night, uh, Wednesday night, and the Blue Jays, it was, I can't remember what the final was, but like, it was two out in the bottom of the ninth, you know, game. the game was well, well in hand, I think it was 8-3 at that point. They showed a shot kind of from behind the dugout and, and it was kind of, the game was winding down. And it was two, and the game was almost over. And there's Lourdes Gurriel Jr. being Lourdes Gurriel Jr., right? He's talking and he's animated, but the camera like cut away so quick because they know, I think, that there are some fans that hate to see that, right? They want, they want these guys, for whatever reason, just like down in the dumps, like wearing every single loss, like it's, a, like it's the end of, of all times, which, I mean, you know, you and I have talked about this many times before. I, you can't survive a 162 game season wearing every single loss because it'll it'll eat you alive, right? You'll, you'll you won't sleep. It ate me alive in 2012. I took every loss back home, and looking back at it, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? What was I doing? I'd sit there, lights off, and people like to think that players don't care and they just you know they just get dressed and collect their millions and then go back to their room and do whatever they want. Nah, man, when, when you're when when shit's getting real and, and, and it hits you the way it hit it hit me that year, you shut everything off. You sit in front of your bed. You're sitting there thinking about it. And again, it, it took a lot of energy out of me. It, 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 now talking about it, I, I tell 
my wife all the time. I was like, man, I feel like I was going through a bit of depression at the time, like just because I was making everything a bigger deal than it was. And and it's not the way it should be. It's not like looking back at it. I'm like, man, I would have done this different. I would have done that different. I would have just said, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's go golf. Let's go. Get, let's get away from it for a little bit. And and I didn't I didn't have that separation. And I can imagine like, yeah, guys that play every single day, like if they lost, you know, 50 games, 60 games killing yourself over that it, it it's not gonna happen and 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 for people who who think like oh yeah like you have to eat sleep and breathe baseball it's like no get out of here with that like we do when we're on the, in between the lines and when we, when we're in the in the middle of battle we want to win a ball game but if it, we don't win it's not the end of the world it's not the end of the world so at the end of the day these guys are, are human beings before baseball players and i think sometimes we as fans fail to see that i think the modern sports science stuff has really helped and, and you're seeing players being able to get more help or being more, feeling more empowered, you know, even just in 10 years, like Austin Meadows, you know, said he's stepping, he was hurt and he said, I'm, he's got to step away for the rest of the year. And, and I, and I think that's totally healthy and totally necessary. And the other side of that is I think about a player like, well, two players. Number one is Troy Tulowitzki, who was like an absolute gym rat, like hitting balls, taking ground balls, relentless, working so hard, be trying to, but like, how much time did that take off his career? Like, how many swings did he, did he do? Because a guy, a guy who battled injuries, how much would better would he have been, been if he had been spending time, more time recovering? How much more time could, you know, how much better could his body have been if he had been able to have a, have a bit more of a healthy balance? Like, you know, there, there's a fine line to walk. And the other one is Roy Halladay. I don't know, you know, if you've, you know, you, you were right there beside him and uh, reading Todd Zalecki's book. I got it right over there. And we had Todd on, on the old, on the old show and like, a guy who just beat his body down so hard because he was so determined and were and just it's who he is, right? And the you know the one thing they talked about with Halliday was like the money almost seemed secondary, right? He would like sheepishly hand his check to his wife and and like couldn't even you know believe that he was getting it. But it's so important to have that balance, and it's it sucks to hear that you know it's only ten years ago, but it probably feels like a lifetime in terms of the supports that were out there for for a guy who was in your spot with support around you and, and knowing you know what you know. But it's it's really it really sucks to hear that, and and you hope that having you know treating players like people, having the manager that can see you that way, and and not just looking to to punish and punish and punish and slap everybody with a stick until they, you know, <laughs> the, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Like it's not the way any business or any workplace should operate. Least of all, one that is as tough as baseball. And trust me, I'm not for coddling guys and hey, like holding their hands. No, that's not what we're asking about here. It's good that, like I said, it's good that stuff gets brought up to them, get brought to their attention, and it's like, boom, all right, you get it, you got my message. We're on the same page. Look at me in the eye. Good, cool, boom, move on. You know, but to sit here and just hammer and hammer and hammer like they need to do this, they need to do that, they need to do this. It's worrisome. It's this. It's that. It's like they get the point. Trust me. They get the point. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to pivot to kind of the next conversation, which is something that you and I talked about last week. And it's always changing every week. And it is what Caitlin and I were calling was the uh, the Stripling Burrios Spectrum and where we fall on the, on the Burrios <laughs> Stripling Spectrum. Jose Burrios wasn't awful, but wasn't great in his last start. It'd be interesting to see what, what some fans say. And, and they say terrible things, but like... 
Jose Brios is a, is a pro. He's established. He's got a big contract for a million different reasons. I don't think that yelling at him is going to pitch him, make him pitch better uh, is kind of where I'm coming from right now. But his, his sort of struggles and his lack of command, it's just something that's, that's been really persistent throughout the year. It's, and it's really a shame because I know I, I think I might be finally leaning more towards stripling than strip, uh, than, than Barrios on our, on our ongoing spectrum. And, you know, I just, it's, it's crazy to think it's crazy to think, but it's tough going for him right now. And, and I don't know if I'd, if I'd not rather get some get those outs out of Stripling than than Barrios, it's one of those things that yeah. I mean, again, the last two starts haven't been that good for Barrios. Prior to that, we were we were leaning towards Jose and saying mm-hmm. like, you know mm-hmm. what, hey, yeah, he he he's he's put up some a good solid few weeks. Yeah, maybe he's your game three starter. But now, obviously, it's it's shifting the other way and. It's going to be a tough decision regardless, right? I mean, it's going to be one of those things where John Schneider is going to sit back and be like, okay, you almost just hope that they get it done in two games, Drew. (laughs) And there's no debate there. Let's get it done in two games. Let's not even think about game three. Two games, max, boom, we're on to the next. And now you have a little bit of flexibility. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting Um, right now. I mean, shoot, as much as I, yeah, I mean... You want to say Jose Barrios? I mean, again, Stripling has made a great case for himself. And and he is one of the, in my opinion, one of the MVPs of this team. If I don't know where this team would be without him and without his quality starts. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough decision. But either or, I respect the decision of the manager and, and, and the staff and what they decide to do for a game three if they get there. It's important to realize, too, also that the way that this playoff structure goes this year, that it's not an either or. If the Blue Jays get through the wild card round, they're going to need they're going to need both to be starting. Like you, there just aren't enough days off that that to start running guys around on um, on short rest is just not doesn't seem feasible. Like there's a couple days off here and there, but once once you get especially once you get through the ALDS, it's just like a total grind. So fingers crossed if you're a Blue Jays fan, which that's kind of what we're here doing. You hope that that it's a situation where you're seeing lots of starts from Jose Barrios because it means that things have gone pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it. No matter the opponent, no matter who's on the bump, it's not going to be easy. So, I mean, you just hope that if it is Jose Barrios, he brings it and he can shut a lot of people. Like everyone can forget about what he did during the season if he goes and has an awesome postseason. Nobody would even remember what he did during season. And again, you you hope that they do it in two games. Not not because I don't want to see that decision, but because it's just better to go and whoop somebody ass for two games and then move on to the next level. And then there's that. Get every off day that you can in that mix, right? One other thing I'll ask you about real quick uh, that we haven't talked about, of course, is Aaron Judge. Hit his 61st home run. Uh, speaking of eyewash, all of this stuff, pretending like the, the the records don't exist in the way that they exist. It's a little crazy to me that we're talking about about uh, a Judge hitting a 61st home run, even though, you know, Sammy Sosa had however many 60 home run seasons. and But still pretty cool to see. I mean, how do you feel about the way the Blue Jays pitched him? Let's start from there. Do you think it was the right decision to be super careful and pitch around him as they pretty much did? I mean, he's their best player. And if it meant pitching around him so that he didn't beat them, then, hey, you're trying to win a ball game at the end of the day. The Blue Jays are not in a situation where they can just be like, oh, yeah, here you go. Let's be happy for Aaron Judge. No, like we're going to pitch him tough. And if we walk him, we walk him. And I love what John Schneider did a couple nights ago with uh, Tim Meza and, and everyone was that he intentionally got walked. And then 
Mesa came in and did the job. And that's trusting your guys and saying, you know what? I trust you in this situation, Timmy. And that for Tim to come on and do that, it's like, yeah, he like that that means a lot from my manager that he trusts me in these situations. So so uh again, another thing that that, that Schneider did really well and at the end of the day yeah you're trying to win a ball game and if you have to pitch around one of the the greatest players in the game right now then you just have to do it i mean it's not a popular decision by everyone because it's like oh yeah what are they doing what are the blue jays doing they're scared and it's like well no i don't want to get beat by the by their best guy i'm going to challenge him i mean i when when i was going up against a rod going for his 600 home run i challenged him i gave him my best stuff he didn't hit it off me he hit it off of sean markham the next day but i wasn't going to give in and I feel like some of these guys uh, didn't give in. They 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 got to two strikes, three two, and 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 Judge is seeing the ball well, man. I mean, he spit on some good pitches too. So you got to credit him for for doing that too. I mean, he could have easily swung at those pitches, but he never. I feel like Aaron Judge never really got out of character in the box. Like he stayed within his zone and he didn't really chase. I think Tuesday in particular is when the, all those walks definitely felt like they may have come back to haunt the Blue Jays a little bit, like just having a lot of traffic on the bases. But I want to say shout out to Jimmy Garcia, who did such an awesome job against Judge in that one at bat where maybe you could have walked him, but they went hard and and Garcia just threw cutter and cutter and cutter and was like, his location was so good and nothing was up and he ended up striking him out, you know, on a 3-2 pitch. It was a great job and and... You know that's hard to do. It's hard to, to to execute every single pitch like that, especially with, like you said, with a guy that has, there's no margin for error with him right now. He's not missing things. He's spitting on good pitches, um, as we saw with Mesa, right? When he when he did hit 61, like Mesa was battling hard, staying with the fastball a lot. But then, uh, yeah, so huge credit to Garcia, and obviously credit to Aaron Judge. He's having an amazing season, like truly one of the best we've ever seen. Yeah, no, you you credit him, and I mean, I hope he wins the triple crown, man. That that to me is just fun to be able to see that. It's not, especially in nowadays, like how he's doing it and what the way pitching is nowadays, man, to be able to win a triple crown in today's era, whew, amazing. And I hope he does it because, again, I, I'm, I'm pumped that he bet on himself. So the Yankees are really going to have to open up that wallet if they want to keep him. <laughs> if you're a Blue Jays fan, it's like a backwards way of, of, of like success. Like, well, you're going to lock him up and there's going to be lots of money tied up in him when he's old and he's hurt all the time. Uh, it's uh, another big credit to Aaron Judge is to, to win the American League MVP as he's going to do while still only being the second best player in the league. It's really, really an accomplishment uh, <laughs> that, that everyone should be proud of. Careful, you might ruffle some feathers, man. <laughs> Look, everybody knows. Tony's playing a different game. We switch gears to the possibility of, like, if they don't end up at the top of the wild card, I, I mean, they have to go to Tampa, uh, a place that all Blue Jays fans are fearing because obviously it's labeled the house of terrors as, as John Gibbons has said on social media too. And I tweeted about it. Somebody needs to sage the stadium because I don't know if those ghosts <laughs> from, from the, from the Renaissance Vinoy hotel where we used to stay at. And we have an awesome guest today. I, I brought in Mark Shipchinsky because I said on social media, I'm going to bring him in. He was there. He was there a year where he told me the story. I did not believe it, but man, he was like, Rick, it's real shit. So we bring in Mark. Mark, this is Drew. Drew, Mark. What's going on, guys? No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear about this haunted hotel. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about, about, about this place. I, I need to know. Give us a detail, man. The detail was, I mean, now I got to remember this was like 12, 13 years ago, something like that. But it was basically, I think, our second time that I was in Tampa with the Jays. First time I was in the other side of the hotel where it wasn't haunted. So the, the second time I was in, 
a back room at the back left hand corner. I think it was the third floor that was always haunted. I think that I think that's what it was. Third or fifth. I can't remember which one, but I had a room at the way way at the back. And one night I'm just sleeping. I think it was our first or second night in town, and I'm sleeping. And all of a sudden I wake up out of like panic, straight panic. Like I wasn't dreaming. Like I didn't have any nightmares. Wake up out of straight panic, and I'm like, "What the heck is going on?" Like nothing going on. I was sitting. Then all of a sudden I walk to the bathroom. The sink's on. And I know I didn't leave the sink on. I did not fall asleep drunk. All right. So I was, you know, what I walk into the bathroom and the sink's on. I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, I know I didn't leave the sink on. And I'm panicking, like, just like cold sweating, nervous. And all of a sudden I see, see the sink on and I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of weird. And at this point, I didn't know the hotel was haunted. No one told me about this at this point either. So anyway, I turn the sink back off. I go lay back in bed. And then all of a sudden I hear like noises outside my door. Like little knocking, like just people talking. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? It's like 3.30 in the morning. You know, I mean, I think at this point, everybody's asleep at this point. I open the door, nobody's there. And I'm like, what the? Okay. So I ironically just go back to sleep, but I still hear noises outside. But I'm like, at this point, I'm just like, I'm just going to leave it alone and go back to sleep. But those two things, those three things made me realize that I was kind of like, it was spooky. There was a show, right? And your room was in the show. Yeah. Ghost Hunters ended up doing the show, like, I think, like a year after we did it. And ironically, they were in the same room that I was staying in. Because, you know, it's, it's, they talked about the floor and it's, they, they zoom into what room it is. It's the back corner room in this thing. And the guy opened the door up. Ironically, I did, my dad was watching it. And this is how I, I found out about it. And I watched the show series with him. On the show, it was like, falls asleep. All of a sudden, the laundry or the ironing board falls out of the closet. And when they're filming overnight. So it just, it was really weird that coincidentally that it was the same room that I was in. And I had some experiences like that. Like I know the people outside might've been one thing, the sink being on creeped me out and being like just woken up out of a dead sleep and like startled and scared. It wasn't like I was dreaming and anything else like that. I, I don't, I'm a hard sleeper. I don't ever wake up like out of a panic. Like I missed something or, or, um, you know, somebody bothered me. It was just really strange seeing that. So after that, after that night, I stayed room after the rest of the time playing, I requested the other side of the hotel and I slept with the lights on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I slept with the lights on. I'm not going to lie. It was one of those hotels where I'd literally would lay in bed in the middle of the bed and I'd like put the sheets over my head and I was like, all right, I am not moving out of this place. You know, after that, it was only the other other one was Milwaukee that I always made sure because Rick, you remember that, that the Fister in Milwaukee was supposed to be on it too. But with those being haunted then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm sleeping with the light on, TV on. I'm making sure I'm not getting scared again. <laughs> so did you, did, is this something you guys all talk about? Like, did you come right back to, to, to the clubhouse the next day? Be like, I don't know what the fuck oh, yeah. I saw last night, but I think my room is haunted. Definitely. I mean, it was one of those, I think I told Rick right away. And I think I told a couple other guys because it was just, it was creepy because I didn't know, nobody told me about it either. You know, I was like a rookie at that point. Nobody told me that this hotel could be haunted or anything. And then. Of course, they, they probably let you have your own experiences, and then you start talking about it after that, and then you request to stay at the other side of the hotel, which is the newer part. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, it's a real thing. That's why I said somebody in the Jays needs to sage that fucking stadium because of a hotel. I don't even know if the Blue Jays stay there still, but golly, man, like we, well, we must, those ghosts must have like haunted us at Tropicana Field or whatever it's called now, the Trop. Yeah, the trap. Like, no kidding. Right, right? Zep, we always always struggled there for some weird reason. You know, right? it's weird. I was just watching an MLB when they were last night, and they were talking about it too, though. It's like when the guys come into Tampa and then they go to play in the trap, it's kind of like almost like laid back, and they always get their, like their bus. But they were actually talking about, I think, the Jays last night. 
when they go in there, you don't have the Jays don't want to go into the trap because we never played well there. And I, we're, we're going back, what, 13 years ago now, 13 seasons ago now. So and we're still talking about it. Yeah, we're still talking about it. You are right. Mark, your numbers there were good. You pitched well there, it seemed like, over the years. For your debut, it was a good place to pitch for your debut because you're going from – you know, AAA where there's not many fans, but to the Trop, it, it, it's a big league stadium, but didn't feel like a normal big league stadium <laughs> kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was walking out in the Yankee Stadium in my debut. If it would have been my debut in Yankee Stadium, it probably would have gone a little different. But it definitely, after that, it, I could see that it just brings it, almost brings it down, not down a little bit. It just brings it to like in a mellow It's not mode. as intense. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not, not as, as intense. intense. Yeah. Like if you ever want to call up a guy, make sure if your team's on the road, make sure it's the Trop. Like you just... It doesn't. Yeah, I see what Mark is saying. It really doesn't have like a big league atmosphere to it, as opposed to going to Fenway or going to Baltimore or going to obviously Yankee Stadium and places like that. It's just a different. Like it's just it's so close to your minor league facility in Dunedin that you get you go to those games and you're as a as a minor leaguer and you're watching these big leaguers and you're like, oh okay. And then once you get make your debut there, I feel like for younger guys, it was like. I feel like I've been here already. Like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a big league stadium, and I think that's the maybe the aura of it. Like it just it, it, it kind of mind fucks you a little bit, and you're just like, what's going on? And obviously the haunted hotel, yeah, <laughs> Fenway and Yankee Stadium. The the ghosts are at the stadium in Tampa. They're at the hotel. They 100%. Like split them that way. Right? And they definitely they definitely come in the in the bus with you. They come with so, the bus yeah. with you, and then they yeah. just follow you to your locker, and they just sit next to you in your locker. <laughs> There you have it, Drew. I told you I was going to have a story for you. I'm glad. I really appreciate it. Well, Mark, thank you, you so believe much. It's a different for, thing, for but on. I definitely believe that the hotel's on it. I'm one of the players <laughs> that had. I mean, it wasn't a great experience, but it was enough that I'm like, all right, I changed rooms and I slept with the light on at that hotel after that. The stories float around, right? I've heard the one in Milwaukee a million times. Like everybody's got a story from that hotel, and like everybody, you know, like you said, people come to the clubhouse and they're like, "What the hell?" And for all these different people to be having these experiences, something's up. Makes you think about Something's it, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Thanks so much for hopping yeah, thank on. You. Really appreciate it. Any uh, anytime. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> there you go, Drew. That's amazing. Former Blue Jays starter uh, and longtime big league reliever Mark Zipchinski. I was convinced that Mark Zipchinski was going to—he had a great career. He played for 10 years. He played in 500 games. I loved his stuff, man. I loved that sinker slider from the left side. Kind of a smaller guy, but— Nasty. He, uh, his stuff was nasty, absolutely. Yeah. And won a World Series, too, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, yeah, he did, too. Yeah. He, did too. Well, he was part of the, that Kobe Rasmus trade, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Break my heart. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, yeah, because it was like, wasn't it a, it was a pretty big trade, I think. Yeah, well, it was like Corey Patterson and, well, because Rasmus was young. He had a lot of years like he, before he was going to be a free agent. And, and, and obviously, he was like a good, you know, really good player at some huge years and was like one of the top prospects in the game. So, yeah, he was with, with Octavio Dotel. Edwin Jackson, Corey Patterson for Colby Rasmus, Brian Tallett, of course. Brian Tallett, what a great year. So we will wrap it up. We've been going on long enough, but the Blue Jays are looking ahead to a series. Well, looking ahead, A, to a day, off day, as we've discussed. Hopefully they can get that clinched. But the goal is still, of course, to host those games. That while no, well, Before we get any further, I want to send a shout-out to all, everybody who is, if you're listening to this and you're on the Gulf Coast there in Florida, uh, Hurricane Ian, brutal just some really scary pictures coming out of there of of the storm surge and just the damage that's been done so hopefully everybody is safe i know that both the jays and the yankees had opened up their facilities there to staff uh, and anybody else who needed to 
to get in from the storm. So that's always good to hear. Hopefully everybody's okay. Hopefully um, the damage is, 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 is reversible. You know what I mean? Like you can, we can, you can fix roofs, you can repave streets and you can kind of rebuild the beach, but the, but people you can't rebuild. So hopefully everybody is able to get, get through unscathed. But uh, you know, that aside, you don't want to go back to Tampa. If you're the Blue Jays, you want to make sure you hang on to that, that, that spot. And while Seattle and Baltimore have kind of like fallen off, um, the Blue Jays need to, I think, hopefully keep pushing and, and do whatever they can to lock down that home that home field spot as soon as they can. So then they can maybe take some time and get the get the rotation lined up to to do exactly what we said and maybe avoid the idea of of having to make the Barrios stripling choice until the last minute. Yeah, and it, and it's also obviously yeah you want to avoid going on the road, but there's something about the atmosphere in, in Toronto. And Vladdy spoke about it. You know, he he said he's talked to Jose Bautista and Ewan Encarnacion saying you haven't experienced that stadium yet how loud it can get so that's 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 what i want to see i want to see the roger center packed i want to see it loud i want to you know i'll be watching from tv i'll, I'll be watching on tv and, and and i can't wait i mean if they if they do get to host and and i hope they do and and hopefully that that's why these last few games they can't they can't just you know cadillac it through the season they got to go out there and, and and win these ball games and i've said before you cannot trust the Red Sox. You need the Red Sox to beat the Orioles tonight? Don't count on it. You need the Red Sox to lie down and lose to the Blue Jays on the weekend? Don't count on it. They cannot be trusted. They can't even trust themselves. They're a real puzzle. Uh, so hopefully the Blue Jays can take care of business, get it done, book that home, those home dates for the playoffs as the Blue Jays go back to the playoffs for the first time. Well, technically since 2020, but I probably would say 2016. 2020 playoffs seem a little bit, a little suspect. I mean, you don't, you don't want to sneeze at anything, but it's real playoff baseball back in Toronto. We'll be back on Monday, Caitlin and I. We'll talk about all the action this weekend. Maybe there was a clinch. Maybe there was a big champagne party at the Rogers Center this weekend. By the time I talk again, we'll know. And we'll be back again next week with Ricky Romero, which will be at the end of the regular season, I guess. By the time we, you and I chat again, the season will be over. We will know exactly what's happening. So you and I, next time we speak, will set up the Blue Jays postseason where it begins, hopefully with it ending a long time from now, presumably. Chavez Ravine. That'd be nice. The That'd Ricky be Romero Cup. <laughs> all right his name is ricky my name is drew thanks to our surprise guest mark sipchinski coming in with the horror stories and the ghost stories from tampa bay we'll talk to you next time on spin rate As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 